Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. The third week of March 2020. Hello, boys and girls. Ryan Tutel, Colton Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on this very, well, very nice and very interesting Monday afternoon. Thanks for letting us spend some time with you on your radios and across the state on SWX Montana Television. We are happy to be with you. Happy to be back in Montana, thankfully, after, uh, well, what was a complete disaster for us and everybody else last week around the country uh, in our trip to Boise. Uh, and uh, now that we're back, you know, feeling much better about things, I think, in general. We will uh, go through a whole bunch of stuff with you today on the show. First of all, the NFL trade deadline began, or trading, you know, period began, and we got a ton of stuff to get through. So thank heavens there's actually information that's sports-related out there that we can talk about. So we will go through uh, all of this stuff, talking about all the different trades and things that have gone on to Forrest Buckner, heading off to Indianapolis, Kirk Cousins getting giant, amount of, giant amounts of cash to stay in Minneapolis. I know that Coulter's thrilled to death about that, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Also, we will talk with somebody who knows a little bit about this, Jody Ayler from the Dry on Fox Sports Radio 910 in Phoenix is going to join us to tell us what he thinks about the DeAndre Hopkins David Johnson trade as David Johnson leaving the desert heading for Houston and one of if not the best wide receiver in football right now heading uh, from Houston to go to uh, Arizona and join forces with Kyrie Mur- uh, Kyrie Murray so we will uh Murray. So we will talk about this uh, as well. Also, next hour, we just got off the phone with Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference. He had a conference call discussing basically all of the information that we were looking for last week, kind of distilled it down, put it together for us. How did the Big Sky Conference specifically come to the conclusion that they were not going to have, or at least they were not going to finish their conference basketball tournaments? Why and how did that happen? And what were the events that led to that? And also, a little bit of a look forward in terms of what we can expect 
expect? What can we know? And, and, and how do we know it uh, when it comes to, you know, COVID-19 and, and the sports world that that is affecting uh, along with all, you know, along with a whole bunch of other things, obviously, uh, but uh, toilet paper resource availability and, uh, and sports have really had taken it on the chin, I guess, overall. Colter, what are you doing there? You got yourself a, uh, a wet wipe? You're carrying these things around? Well, sure. I mean, let me, let me be part of my good community here hold on to this and everything I touch, you know, is going to be covered. We, uh, now if you're listening on the radio, it might sound a little hollow right now. I don't know how, how close people, and if you're watching on television, it definitely is not the most becoming aesthetic we've ever had in the room. Uh, now we've talked about this before. We are moving studios. Great Very time. excited. About, yeah, right. <laughs> Just everything in a box and, uh, everybody with a mask on. So we, we, we're really excited about moving studios here in the, uh, next several days, next week, uh, or so we don't have a f- final date on when we will be in the new studio for the show, but we can tell you that, uh, it's obvious enough to all the viewers on SWX and on YouTube, uh, as well, that it has begun. Everything has been ripped off the walls. Only the glue that was holding up the, the soundproofing material, uh, is remaining in here. And so if it's a, if it sounds a little, uh, if there's a little reverberation or whatever it might be, that's why. And, uh, you know, we hope that you're okay with it still though, probably better than just on the phone line from the hotel room as we'd been kicked out of the big sky conference, uh, 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 you know, or out of the uh, uh, CenturyLink Stadium in there, the arena. And by the way, people, now we all are living in a very sort of unknown and tenuous spot. Okay, we understand this. Okay, let's just let's just pump the brakes here, though, on the emotional responses. Coulter is over at the good food store today, just trying to get himself. What were you trying to get? Some carrots? I was trying to get. I heard they're the only place in town that had potatoes and onions. Those okay, are true. Uh-oh, here we go. Saved it. Spill first it water, first water spill. First water spill there. Trying to get it going. Okay. So I was looking for potatoes and onions and okay. uh, a little yerba mate tea. Absolutely. And uh, I got it. I've been um, cautiously going into various establishments like that over the last couple of days for my own to see what's curiosity going on. as a yeah. journalist more than anything, because I do think we have an open microphone to tell people. What's and so this on? is not necessarily an advertisement for anybody out there, but... There's some places that are out of some stuff, and there's some places that are not. If you're looking for potatoes, Good Food Store has them as of 1 o'clock this afternoon. Regardless, saw a conflict in the parking lot, uh, resulted in a gun getting drawn, and another guy claiming that he was about to. I didn't stay. I was walking to my car, and as soon as I saw the one guy reaching under his seat for a gun, I was out. But the cops were there quick. Now, look, whether this had, what sort of, we have no idea the circumstances of this whole thing. No, none, okay? none at all. But it, it, it just seems like at times... When something like this sort of takes hold and people get, you know, anxious. And I think there's a lot of anxiety out there about, you know, what's going on in the world. How serious is this? It seems like it's very serious, but the effects of the seriousness have not yet been sort of demonstrated. And then it's easy to like make rash decisions. And now even, you know, look, if you're going to be a fill in the blank and start doing the gun thing, just stop with that. I mean, that's insanity. Okay, but I have heard of people getting into full arguments at the at the grocery store over who's getting the paper towel like it's like it's Black Friday and you're fighting for the last toy for your. Okay, enough. All right. The the last thing we need here is sit here and, you know, fight with each other and argue with strangers over over the things. Everything's going to be okay. Okay, we're going to be all right. So that's let's just let's just take care of one another. Help each other out. You know what I mean? If you got to give one. 
All right? If you got four, give two. If you got none, see what see if you can make do anyway. All right? And then we'll just take care of each other, right? We got our opportunity here in Missoula, Western Montana, the whole state of Montana, if you're watching on the TV. We, uh, you know, we rally. We're independent. And I also like to think that we take care of each other, especially in the hard times. That's one thing that we do in the state of Montana. So this, you know, may be one of those times. So we'll look out for each other all over the place. I've heard so many people talk about it. So many people have asked us over the last several days and week, what are we going to do without sports? What are t- What is Tutel Nuanas going to yeah. do without sports? What are we going to do as a collective society? What is all the people that obviously everybody tuning into this show love sports? They, they are all about sports. I'm planning to read the Winston Churchill autobiography verbatim over the next several months. Sounds, Just start, sounds start at chapter one and move on from there. But my goal for us and what I will express to the listeners is that we will certainly give you pertinent news updates when it comes to COVID-19 and the crisis that we were and especially the local stuff right not not what you're going to get on the national level but stuff that you need here in western Montana wherever you might be that affects us directly so I mean our bars are closed now yep as of as of tonight we'll pass that sort of stuff along but what we want to do here is Definitely give you the journalism angle. How is this stuff affecting sports, especially from a financial perspective? But more than anything, we just want to entertain you. And we want you to give you, I mean, so many people love sports because it's such a break from their real life. It's such an escape or it's such a way to be inspired. That's why I think you and I both like it because we get inspired, especially by young people. I mean, I find great inspiration in, in the young people that we get the opportunity to cover. And I was heartbroken for them when all of this stuff got canceled. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that it's all over. We're going to try to give an open platform to any and everybody in this community and around this state that wants it to come on and have a chance to have a conversation. Get a break. And we'll interview you, but it's not going to be any sort of hard-hitting stuff. Tell stories about your senior year or tell stories about your athletes. So any coach, any athlete out there, we're going to be reaching out to you, and we hope that we can provide a good escape for everybody around Western Montana, around the entire state of Montana. That's right, and we already, I'm excited, we already have a, a really cool list of guests who we've already booked to be on this show this very week. Coulter, give them some of the names. We'll obviously have Tom Wistersill on at uh, at the top of the hour, and uh, and we will also talk some trades in the NFL uh, as well today, uh, just at 4.30. It's coming up uh, right here in about 20 minutes from now. Uh, we'll get on with Jody Ayler from uh, Phoenix. He's on 910 uh, Sports Talk Radio in Phoenix to talk about that. So that's fun. That'll be fun to do and interesting and informative. But who else we got coming on this week? Yep. Uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, Jason Alvin, who's the voice of the Bobcats, yep. but also has a very unique role because he's the voice of the Bobcats for football. He's also the voice of the Bobcats for basketball, but it's the women's basketball team, not the men's basketball team, because Jason is also the director of operations for Christian Benford. So he serves as sort of a liaison, not quite a coach, but he's close to the players on a way higher level than most He's media. He's making logistical arrangements and right. food and Right, and so I wanted, to, I wanted that, to have him on because not only has he been very close to the program for uh, several years now, because he was a women's play-by-play guy before he was ever the football voice of the Bobcats. So he's been involved in this senior class since they first stepped onto campus. So that yeah. in itself would be an interesting angle. But also, just getting out of Boise, that was his job. Getting yeah. the women's basketball team home to Bozeman, and what does that take? And I know sure. that there was a lot of debate about Darian White's from Boise. Is she going to stay here? Is she going to come home? What is, what's the plan here? So we'll, we'll have Jason Alvin on at four thirty tomorrow, and then at five thirty tomorrow we have Mike Dugar, our buddy from the Athletic, to come on talk Seahawks and NFL offseason as well as the new collective bargaining agreement, and also as a guy who's living in 
one of the epicenters of this crisis in Seattle. We'll probably get some personal thoughts from him as well. But I did speak to Mike Dugar on the phone. I know he's got some fans on our airwaves now because he did, he did such a great job for us coming on once or twice a week during Fantastic. the football season. But Mike said he's he's all good. He's doing fine. And all the people in his family, particularly the elderly people, they're all stocked up. He's got them all set up. So he said all is good in his world. So it'll be interesting to see you know, just his perspective on all things in the NFL as we're going to get into a crazy day yeah, yeah. Uh, today, a crazy 48 hours. Wednesday, Anthony Knockrounder from the Knock On Sports up in, K- in Kalispell, KGEZ. He's going to join us at 430. Uh, he was there at the AA tournament when it was closed down. So he'll give us some perspective on the canceling of state tournaments. Uh, and then at 5 p.m. Wednesday, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, will join us, and we'll get his thoughts on just the, the season that was for Montana basketball, yeah. as well as some thoughts on spring football going forward as well. And then Thursday, 4.30, we're going to be joined by Blake Hempstead. He uh, runs Copperhead Country, which is a multimedia company similar to Skyline Sports covering Anaconda. But he was also uh, the play-by-play guy for the Class B tournaments, both boys and girls, in Butte over the weekend for the National Federation of High Schools. So he'll give us some perspective. That's a bummer. I mean, all these tournaments are a bummer, but there was we were marching towards a very entertaining Class B state right. championship game for on both sides. So he'll give us some perspective. And then Friday, we'll be joined by Lindsey Woolley, who is the women's basketball coach at Montana Western, and now will be one of only a handful of coaches in the country that get to say they were reigning national champions for two years in a row That's right. with, uh, without ever having to play in a national tournament. An unfortunate state of affairs, but of you'd probably rather be the reigning champion than anybody else. So we'll get Lindsey Woolley's perspective as well. He's a Missoula Big Sky guy. And uh, just kind of some thoughts from the NAI sure. Frontier Conference level. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex. And it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer. One of the theses in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week where we'll uh, we get a bunch of people like we said and uh, and and bring some stories up for you as well. But Coulter, today of all days, there's actually a bunch of stuff going on in the NFL trades, the signings, the uh, sign and trades, the franchise tags, and we're not gonna go through all of these exhaustively. But there's a couple now. The headliner is DeAndre Hopkins being traded from Houston to go to Arizona for David Johnson. Does, does this seem cra- crazy? We're, we're both just dying. Uh, I When I heard first thought, saw this trade, you, you know, I might be a little bit biased in my criticism of David Johnson. I, you and I have argued about this for years now. I think that David Johnson is an okay player that is not nearly as good as everybody else thinks he is. I thought he had a great season, and I think he still has a lot left to me to prove. And yeah. everybody screams he hasn't been healthy. 
Well, to me, that's the most important part about playing running back in the NFL. So that's where my criticism stems from. That's here nor there. In my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the 10 best players in the NFL. He's one of the two, three best receivers. I mean, if Antonio Brown is MIA, you could say DeAndre Hopkins is one of the two or three best receivers in the entire NFL. What's more important, being a, having a great wide receiver or a great running back? Or what's more important positionally, running running back or wide, wide out? I think having affordable versions of both is the most important thing. Mm, so it's a financial issue. I mean, yeah. I think that that's one thing that's maybe getting lost, because when you talk about David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins straight up, it's a, da- it's a bad trade for the Texans. DeAndre yeah. Hopkins is significantly better. It doesn't matter what you think of David Johnson. DeAndre Hopkins is better than, than David Johnson. Period. Yeah, and a lot of this is financial because the contracts are being moved, and right. also they're they're trading fourth round picks, but also Houston is getting a second round pick in addition. So they're getting David Johnson and a second round pick effectively. But they're taking on a major contract from a guy who got paid, that being David Johnson, when a lot of running backs are not getting paid. And like you said, his his production has just gone down, down, down from his 2016 breakout year. And so that that it, it is it's sort of a head scratcher, right? When you look at this from the uh, from the perspective of the Texans in some ways. So I think the biggest impact on the Texans is what does Deshaun Watson think of this? Because it seemed to me watching, I'm not some huge Texas fan. Actually, David in the back is a big Texans fan. But it seemed to me as if Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins had great chemistry and that they were great for each other. And DeAndre Hopkins produced at an incredibly high level, even higher of a level than before Deshaun Watson's arrival. So it seemed as if that was a great marriage. It also seemed as if it was a terrible marriage between Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's probably one portion of this deal. I think the other thing is, though, DeAndre Hopkins is 27 years old. He's currently making 12. 28. He's 28 now. I got it birth date June 6, 1992, so he'll be 28 this year. In any case. In any case. He was making 12.5, set to make $12.5 million this upcoming season. They were going to reach a point of no return with DeAndre Hopkins where you either go all in, but then you have to ask yourself the question, is he the missing piece to us winning a Super Bowl, or can we replace him with a variety of other guys? If you can get a premier running back, well, it remains to be seen if David Johnson is that or not, but if you can get a good running back, which they're, they're upgrading from what they had, certainly, and then maybe draft a couple guys around him and just rely on the talent of Deshaun Watson more than the talent of DeAndre Hopkins. They have no draft picks. They don't have a first-round draft pick. So they, they have- don't have a first-round draft pick. Their only second-round pick is the one they got from the Cardinals. They have nothing. So tell me this, David. Would you? I'm, I'm assuming you would have preferred for them to trade DeAndre Hopkins for a bunch of draft picks rather than David Johnson. I mean, I don't totally understand why you would trade DeAndre Hopkins other than that Bill O'Brien didn't like the guy. So he let his personal feelings get in the way. That's ultimately the biggest problem with the franchise, that Bill O'Brien has the final say. But I don't, I don't understand why you would take David Johnson back. That makes no sense. None whatsoever. Right. Especially when you only get a second-round pick. In addition to that, the Ravens traded Hayden Hurst, a tight end that five of our listeners have heard of. <laughs> right. And they got a second-round pick back for him. Like, 
that that makes no sense. Yeah, I saw I saw on Twitter today. Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins both left Houston, and they got zero first round picks for the for for, for the pair of them, which is it is a, a pretty remarkable thing. By the way, we're, again, we're going to talk a lot more about this trade uh, in about fifteen minutes from now with Jody Ayler from the Drive on Fox Sports nine ten a.m. in Phoenix. He's going to join us and talk about this trade. Let's talk about a couple other transactions. It's two tell Nuwana's one hundred two nine ESPN Radio that took place uh, in uh, in the NFL. First of all, Josh Norman signed with the Bills one year, $6 million. It could be uh, become $8 million, uh, potentially. I like that just because I think Josh Norman, look, man, he was so great in Carolina, and then he goes to Washington. And has he lost a step? Certainly. Is he, is he all pro that he was when he was in Carolina? No. But I also think that Washington is a great way to veil a lot of skill. You know what I mean? If you go to the Washington Redskins, it's pretty easy to all of a sudden not have your best uh, sort of exposed for the public to see. So Buffalo, an outstanding defense. And I think that him being a, he's like a a number two cornerback then in Buffalo. I think that bodes very well for him. Ryan Tannehill. Well, cashed in four years, $118 million, $62 million guaranteed. Again, the four, four and one eighteen is top shelf money, but the 62 guaranteed is not for a quarterback. So, I think that this is, you know, look, I mean, it, it obviously proves that the Titans are in on Ryan Tannehill, but I also don't think that they've broken the bank in the way that it sort of looks uh, to, to a certain extent when you look at the initial numbers. And Ryan Tannehill proved to be a, a significant step up from Marcus Mariota and and good enough to get them into the, you know, AFC championship game. Not Again, I hate when we talk about it like this, as if Ryan Tannehill is the guy. I mean, Derrick Henry is the guy, and that defense was the defense that got them in there. But Tannehill was certainly helpful to that end, and he is going to stay with the Tennessee Titans. The Colts, how about this? Go ahead and uh, trade for for DeForest Buckner. They're giving him a $21 million a year contract from San Francisco. So the Niners who had that outstanding defense, and especially that front, lose a significant piece of it. Now, they still got a number of guys. Uh, they, by the way, did retain Eric Armstead five years, $85 million. And when you're paying a guy like that, you maybe have to let a, another guy go, that being DeForest Buckner. But that's that's a big-time get. I mean, he is an all-pro-level player in his prime right now going to Indianapolis, Coulter. No doubt. And it's just so interesting to me that the NFL just continues to own the news cycle even with so many well, newsworthy pieces. I mean, the timing really, of it is, it's, it's just totally coincidental, right? I mean, this is when the, the all this stuff, the opening of the period, the signing of the CBA, all this stuff, it just just happens to be at this time, but it's just yeah. very interesting that we have all this player movement on this day. I think, I mean, thank goodness for that. <laughs> Definitely. From our seat, but I got a question for you. Yeah. I think that we've been sold the narrative, and a lot of, it is, it is definitely a, a true narrative, to a certain extent, that you have to have an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I think we've seen a lot of cases where it's happened, but I think we've also seen so many cases, especially over the last 20 years, where it hasn't happened. And I guess what I'm saying is Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time in terms of his accomplishments in his career. Six Super Bowls, it's hard to debate. But he's also been surrounded by exceptional personnel his entire career. The guys who have straight up just won it by throwing from their back pocket out their hip. You know, Aaron Rodgers, the one time. You know, Brett Favre, the one time. Peyton Manning, I think 
the personnel around him was very good, but he also did it for multiple franchises. You know, got to got to the Super Bowl for multiple franchises. But there, for every Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has less Super Bowls than a whole bunch of guys that are not even close to as good as him. Right. He's way better than Ben Roethlisberger. He's way better than Eli Manning. Not to not to mention, you know, Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer and Doug Williams. Sure. I think right now the the sweetest sweet spot you can get in the NFL is getting a guy on his rookie contract and win the Super Bowl with that guy, Patrick Mahomes. It's the sweetest sweet spot you can get. You're not paying him a hundred bazillion dollars yet, but he's leading you to the ultimate goal. But after that, then I wonder because we see this right now with what the Titans just did. They just signed Ryan Tannehill. Why are the Titans good? Ryan Tannehill is way down the list, yep. right? The yep. Titans are good because they have multiple all-pro offensive linemen. They have the guy who led the league in rushing. They have a really good defense, including one of the best defensive secondaries in the NFL. The moment you pay Ryan Tannehill, you're going to have to get rid of some other guys. We've seen it in Minnesota. Minnesota was at their peak. The Vikings were when they had Case Keenum, not when they had Kirk Cousins. And you can say, you know, I hate Kirk Cousins, so I'm always going to be critical of Kirk Cousins. Two years, $66 million but, is what he just got. But... Regardless of what you think of Kirk Cousins, I think everybody would say objectively, Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum, but that doesn't make your franchise better. He's not enough better. And so when you have to go cut Linval Joseph and, and sit there and, and explore the prospects of trading Anthony Barr and cut Xavier Rhodes, you're not improving your team by having a middle-tier quarterback. So yeah. where are you at, especially in this case with the Titans? Listen, I agree with you on this. I don't think this is breaking the bank. Not in this day and age. Not when next year's... Uh, 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 you know, CBA or uh, uh, salary cap is $193 million. It's four years. It's $118 million, whatever that works out to what, like $30 million a year. Not quite, but also it's only 60 only, but it's $62 million guaranteed. It's like half of that guaranteed. And so I don't know when these other payments kick in, if they're, if they are, you know, uh, uh, production related, but, at this point in time, this is not breaking the bank to pay a quarterback doing four years, $118 million for Ryan Tannehill, especially with that low number guaranteed. I mean, would you rather have that or two years, $66 million for Kirk Cousins? The terms are shorter, but there's actually more money on the deck for Kirk Cousins right now than there is for Ryan Tannehill. True. So I don't know how many guys they're not going to be able to keep in Tennessee. And by the way, who's on a pretty good contract or would be on one? Marcus Mariota. Well, he becomes expendable now. You know, so all that money can go away. A couple other things real quick. Austin Hooper, four years, $44 million, $23 million guaranteed to go to the Cleveland Browns. He is the highest paid tight end in football. He was the most productive tight end in football last year for a just a bad Atlanta team. They got better as the season went on. He's he's a very good tight end. I find this crazy. Like, this just, to me, smacks of Cleveland being Cleveland. And I hate to say that, but it is what this looks like to me. You just went out and got out over your skis on a guy who had one really solid season, but the productivity didn't lead to anything anyways. Like, why is he all of a sudden the dude? So, I don't know. I mean... You got David Njoku. He was injured. You think that he's obviously not the guy, which is why you go and make a play like this. Okay, that's fine. I just don't know about that for Cleveland. And then, uh, well, Kirk Cousins. We'll have to talk about him another day. I don't want. I don't want two bad things to happen to you today, Coulter. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to put you through that ringer. It's Tutel Nuwanis, one of two ninety ESPN Radio. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a quick break. On the other side, 
Jody Ayler from The Drive on Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix is going to talk to us about the David Johnson trade for DeAndre Hopkins in the NFL. This is the biggest blockbuster of the day. He's in Phoenix. He knows about the Cardinals. He's going to tell us all about it right after this. Hey, the Silver Slipper is your beer, wine, and liquor stock-up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need. Now head over to the Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They've also got Tarantino's Pizza to go, so there's no sports. The Slipper will still have drink specials every day, plus the friendliest staff in town, even in the midst of a national crisis. At the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late-night game of poker, Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Visit the SilverSlipperLounge.com for more info. Again, you can pick stuff up, take it away. Don't go sit in there. You can get it the liquor store, get the food to go, all of it. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite – Water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Coulter and I back in the state of Montana after our... Uh well, inauspicious trip to Boise, to be sure. If you'd like to find us on the World Wide Web, you can do it, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live there to the stream. The stream is available all the, the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. You can also check us out on the social medias, at Gus Tutel. That's me, at Skyline Sports MT, for all your up-to-the-moment Big Sky Conference information. And at 1029ESPN, that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow on there. We're giving stuff away all the time uh, on the social medias and having ourselves a good time. So uh, we'll be joined uh, here in just a moment uh, by by Jody Ayer from The Drive on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, in fact, he's with us now. So we'll go right there right now. We go to the Braggins Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in Jody Ayler from the aforementioned Drive, Fox Sports Radio 910 in Phoenix, Arizona. And Jody, thanks so much for being with us, man. How are you? I'm great, man. Love Missoula. Love that part of the country. Happy to be on with you guys. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a two-way street, especially when it's 10 degrees out. We're thinking, hey, Phoenix seems all right, you know, so uh, that's pretty good. But huge news coming out of the desert. The biggest news on a big news day for the NFL, that you are netting DeAndre Hopkins bidding adieu to David Johnson and a second-round draft pick. On the outside looking in, this seems like a pretty big win for the Arizona Cardinals, who you know had great production, all pro production out of David Johnson, but that has dropped off in recent years, especially with injury. And you're getting, obviously, one of the best wide receivers in the game. What's the feel about this trade right now? Listen, outside looking in, inside looking out, doesn't matter which way you look at this, feels like a heist from the Arizona Cardinals' perspective. I mean, they landed one of the truly elite number one wide receivers in football for David Johnson, who has not been productive in four years. Right. The world has changed in four days. David Johnson has not been a number one running back for four years. Plus, they keep their first 
They get a fourth this year. They move back basically two rounds from the second round to the fourth round and give up one four next year. I can't figure this trade out from the Texans' perspective. It's you know everyone's uh, it's 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 self isolation and social distancing, but this trade bringing people together like never before in Phoenix because it is a rout <laughs> from the Cardinals' perspective on paper. Jordy, hey Coulter, new one Thanks so much for joining us. What's your perspective on David Johnson? Because we've had many arguments on this show because I said that David Johnson was outstanding the year he had his big year, but as you just mentioned, has not been that elite guy for several years, and the argument always has been, well, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But to me, the best ability is availability, and he hasn't been available. So just in terms of what the Cardinals gave up, it seems as if not only are they welcoming in one of the best receivers in the league, but they also got to ship out a guy who has not lived up to billing for several years. No doubt. Listen, um, David Johnson is a world-class human being. He is one of the most uh, active members of the community here in Phoenix. I've had the privilege of working alongside him and his family as as they make some real, real significant contributions philanthropically to Phoenix. But on the football field, David Johnson has not been a viable running back for the last two years. You know, two years ago we blamed Steve Wilkes and the offense of Mike McCoy of David Johnson just running headfirst into a pile of bodies over and over again. And then last year, Cliff Kingsbury's offense supposed to finally sort of re-unlock the two-way punch of, of David Johnson catching and, and running the ball. And it just never happened. He was slow. He, uh, to me, looked like he's, you know, he's, he's a, just an avid bodybuilder. And I think he just got too big. He's not explosive. He couldn't hit the hole quickly. And it didn't matter if it was Chase Edmonds or if it was Kenyon Drake or anybody else. Anyone who took a snap after David Johnson looked like they had the burst he didn't have. So it's, I, I hope David Johnson, this isn't like a, oh man, can't wait to watch David Johnson go and fail in Houston. I hope David Johnson rediscovers what made him so special in 2016. This is a guy that in 2015, his rookie year had his uh, a cleat sent to Canton, Ohio, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame after electrifying the world with a kickoff return touchdown. So he he possesses freakish ability. It's just we haven't seen it in a while. I I think he probably needs to lose some weight and probably focus a little bit more on explosiveness than than bulk. Uh, but that's clearly an amateur perspective from the outside. I would love to see David Johnson return to form, but it was not going to happen in this offense. Jody Ayler joining us. He's from The Drive on Fox Sports Radio 910 in Phoenix. And let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals because now what you have is one of the the top, and in some you know some people's perspective, the best wide receiver going in football uh, that you pair with Larry Fitzgerald, who just is sort of this timeless wonder that still is out there and also is such a leader as well. Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury. What is the, what is the level of expectation that, that, that uh, DeAndre Hopkins brings to this offense that is predicated on being as explosive and sort of dynamic as it can be? Well, listen, it's a great situation because two years ago the Cardinals' offense was the worst in football. Cliff Kingsbury shows up and elevates it to at least a middle-of-the-road offense, which means DeAndre Hopkins doesn't have to bring this team out of the abyss offensively. It's not all on him. That heavy lifting was done by Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury a year ago. His job now is to take it to the next level, and last year – their best outside receiver last year was Demary Bird. You know, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald do a lot of their damage on the inside, right. over the middle, short and intermediate routes. They didn't have a downfield threat 
And now they've got DeAndre Hopkins, who's one of the absolute best. He's an absolute playmaker. Uh, in this Cliff Kingsbury offense, a lot of it is about yards after the catch. DeAndre Hopkins is, is outstanding with the ball in his hand. So I think what we're excited to see here locally is, okay, this offense showed potential. Now it's time to take Kyler Murray and this offense to the next level, and who better to do it than a guy in seven years has 5,000-yard seasons, and two of those years are 1,500 yards plus, and has basically anchored a Texans offense that has uh, you know, won the division the last four out of the last five years. And, and by the way, you mentioned availability with David Johnson. DeAndre Hopkins has missed two games in his NFL career. Um, I mean, he is, he is durable, so there's a lot to like about DeAndre Hopkins mentioned the resurgence of the Cardinals' offense this last year. I mean, resurgence might be too big of a word considering, like you said, they're still just a middle-of-the-league offense, but they weren't the worst in the league, and that's big improvements. How much credit do you give to Cliff Kingsbury? How much credit do you give to Kyler Murray? Which one played a bigger factor? Uh, it's a great question. I think it's Kyler Murray mostly. You know, Cliff Kingsbury, to me, um, there were some inconsistencies in the play calling, as you would expect, for a young first-time NFL coach slash head coach. I thought when he was hired, he was arguably the least qualified head coach ever hired in NFL history. He lost in college. He had never held a coaching job officially in the NFL. And the Cardinals took a big chance. But they, they clearly, Kyler and Cliff, have a great dynamic. He's basically his personal quarterback coach. He's completely hands-off with everything else on the team, essentially, other than the quarterback and various parts of the offense. But not even the offensive line is responsibility. So, I think Kyler deserves the lion's share just because, listen, Kyler Murray is, I call him an athlete's athlete. If you put him on the field with 15 other world-class athletes, most of them are going to stop and look at Kyler Murray and say, that dude's something special. And so we saw that on the field, and I think Kyler is is a reason that um, all things are possible in Phoenix over the years as long as Kyler Murray's around. You know, I think a lot of people certainly shared your skepticism about the Kling, the, the Kingsbury hire, but also you got to say that that over the course of the season last year, it seemed like the Cardinals got better throughout from week one to week 17, and a lot of that may well be Kyler Murray and other guys, but also how much of that credit does go to him and the coaching staff in general because they, they seem to do as a group a really good job. Yeah, I think they do deserve credit, and, and clearly I think what you look for in a first-year head coach with Cliff Kingsbury is he never got overwhelmed. You know, he was not in over his head. He didn't um, collapse. He, he Players responded. They never quit. They were competitive. They rarely got blown out. The two biggest mistakes he's made, and he's admitted this publicly, is training camp was a debacle and, and preseason was a debacle. They thought they could keep this offense secret and nearly cost him in that week one loss, went tie, excuse me, of the Lions. And then coming out of the bye week, they were equally unprepared and got decimated by the Los Angeles Rams. Other than that, this was a competitive team. There were a lot of fourth-quarter games, a lot of final drive games. That's what you look for. Is the team responding? Are they responding to the coach? Are they fighting? Are they trying? You know, I have to remind people a lot of times in Phoenix that this team only won five games, and they lost their final game of the year to a Rams team that had nothing to play for. But for a lot of Cardinals fans, it felt like you're, you, you could probably convince Cardinals fans now that the Cardinals won eight or nine games last year because it's the feeling they take away from the year despite the fact they were 5-10-1 and one and drafted in the top 10 come the first round. Sort of a broad question here, but we've seen all sorts of cancellations across the country for all sorts of different things. So just pivoting on you away from this specific trade in the, in the Cardinals roster construction, but in your mind, do you think that all the things that we're seeing on a national and global scale right now are going to have an impact on the NFL draft? And if so, what? What do you think the impacts will be? Yeah, you know, it's something everyone's talking about, and I feel like, the NFL 
forged ahead with free agency. This is my opinion. Um, because they want to keep the week one regular season intact in September. I mean, if you think about it, if they push free agency, we don't know when they'd be able to do free agency if, if things intensify uh, here in America. And then that pushes the draft. That could push, obviously, OTAs and minicamp. That can affect training camp. And so I think what the NFL is trying to do is they've got the luxury of not having to put any, any of the public in harm's way, for the most part, with free agency. Earlier today, they said the draft is going to happen as planned on the date in April. They were planned the 23rd through the 25th, but canceling all the public events around Las Vegas so we don't get to see you know, prospects taking a boat to the stage in the Las Vegas uh, draft setup that we were all excited So disappointing, about. man. To lose that, <laughs> that part is a bummer. <laughs> so, I mean, they can still do it. It'd just be quiet and lonely ride to the stage, um, but <laughs> right. that's what they want. Right. And so I think the NFL's really trying to keep that, that September post-Labor Day start and keep the schedule. OTAs and minicamp are probably going to be affected. We don't know officially, but it seems likely. And I, I think it's just trying to keep as normal as possible from an NFL perspective. Jody Ayler from The Drive, Fox, Fox Sports 910 in Phoenix. The last question here for you, Jody. But when, when you look at the division between the Seahawks and the Rams and the, now the Niners, the NFC West has delivered a ton of Super Bowl appearances from the other three teams since the last time that it was Arizona, right, with, with, with Kurt Warner. Where, what are the reasonable expectations in one of, if not the toughest division in football for this team this season? I don't know if you guys have um, older brothers or not or older siblings. I'm the youngest of three, and I remember there being a point in my childhood where I finally realized, you know what, I probably – can fight back and I can uh, I, things change when you know that you can kind of fight back and it makes a difference and I think the Cardinals are going to find that out this year that they've been looking up right now as you mentioned in recent years to the Rams to the Seahawks and then most recently the 49ers they've been the low man on the totem pole the Andre Hopkins gave the boost of confidence they're 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 all grown up man they're going to be able to step up and I don't know that they're going to win you know, nine or ten games this year, but they're gonna they're gonna give this division a little bit of a jolt. It's got to be the most competitive division of football. It's uh, it's going to be fun, and I think that's that's going to be a true test for all the teams in there. There's no layups. There's no easy uh, gimme games in the division, and so it'll be fun. And and the Cardinals are uh, the growing up right before our eyes. Well, Jody, I tell you what, we appreciate you being here with us in Montana. Everybody can be a fan of any team they want to. So, for the Cardinal fans out there, where can they follow along with you on the social medias and all that? Go to uh, at Radio J O D Y and uh, follow along the the, uh, the the madness on on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Absolutely, Jody. We appreciate the time and the perspective on this from uh, home base in Phoenix. Man, be well. My pleasure. You do the same. Stay safe, Jody Ayler. The Drive, Fox Sports Radio 910 in Phoenix helping us out. We're getting everybody in here doing a little cross-promotion on the deal, uh, talking about David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Interesting stuff, man. I really appreciate that. You just can't get the same information from people who aren't actually there doing it. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of it. So uh, we appreciate him coming on with us. We're going to continue with some NFL stuff before we get to the top of the hour. We'll hear from Tom Wisterstill again. Tom Wisterstill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, had a uh, about a 30-minute long, actually, conference call today. Uh, we're not going to bring you all of it, but we're going to bring you a good portion of it because I think it's worth hearing. I think it'll answer, at least to some extent, a lot of 
the questions that I think people still have coming out of the cancellation of the Big Sky Conference basketball tournament and where we're at right now and going forward in the coming days and weeks from a sports perspective uh, it, uh, at Montana and Montana State University, along with obviously the, uh, the nine other uh, institutions that comprise the Big Sky. So we'll get that at 5 o'clock. But next, the franchise tags were used fast and furious to keep guys around on one-year deals. Who used them well, who didn't, and why? We'll get to all that right after this. Boys and girls, the Silver Slipper, they're your beer, wine, and liquor stock-up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need. Now head over to the Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They've also got Tarantino's Pizza to go. That's right. You don't need to sit in there. You order the thing. You go in there. You can pick it up. You can stop in. Maybe get something to sip on while you have yourself a pizza dinner and stay inside and do the, uh, what are we calling it, social, uh, social distancing? That's right. I started social distancing in about sixth grade. It didn't go great for me. And now that I would like to be around people, I can't. What an ironic thing. Uh, The Silver Slipper, they got drink specials every day. You can pop in for that. Alcohol, it kills germs. They definitely want to pass that along to you. It's all good. Plus, they have the friendliest staff in town, even in the midst of a national crisis. At the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. So whether you're looking for an affordable family meal, a late-night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info. Stop by today and see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. It's across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. You know, Coulter, the online world is complex, and it's even the more complex when you have a business that's online. And let's be honest, every business is online in this day and age. How nice would it be if you had a company that could help you make your business demands simpler and the approach easier to understand while also making it secure? One of the great books ever written, Eric Hoffer, The True Believer, one of the thesis is in this book is man of ideas and men of action. Sometimes the men of ideas need men of action. We need help. We need help with all of the logistics of technology. Boy, do we. I got nothing but ideas, and I got no clue how to do any of this other stuff. So that's why you call our friends at Blackfoot. Blackfoot Communications are your men and women of action. When your business online needs help, needs security, and needs to, frankly, just stay functioning. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. Ensure that your company is online all the time. Get the people of action from Blackfoot Communications. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. If you'd like to follow along on the uh, Twitter, at Gus Tutel, at Skyline Sports MT, and at 1029 ESPN Radio. Carl Tyler Chevrolet, locally owned and operated since 1986, is the Carl Tyler Auto Group. Coulter, NFL, dominating the day-to-day. Must say it's a pretty easy day to dominate in the world of sports. I think we go from this into uh, my son jumping off of a couch or something like that is the next closest athletic event that we have to cover. But the franchise tags have been, many of them have been put on uh, teams, and I want to go through a few of these. The Cowboys did end up franchise tagging Dak Prescott, could not come to a full long-term agreement with Dak Prescott. The Titans did the same thing with Derrick Henry. The Bengals keep A.J. Green around, coming off a season that he basically missed the entirety of. Uh, And so there's three pretty big names, all things considered, that are going to be sticking with their teams and being paid uh, handsomely for one and one and only season. Let's start with Dak Prescott. His name has been 
obviously a major one in the last, well, since the season ended, and then try to work out a deal with him, especially when they paid, you know, uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Smith, and, and others around the program. So they have not gotten that done with Dak, but they are keeping Dak, and he's going to be paid and paid well. Where do you think about Dak Prescott as a franchise quarterback and as a franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys? Well, it's funny because I don't think Dak Prescott is worth the long-term money and the splash money that they've been talking about for a long time now. It's been one of the one of the main narratives out of Dallas is how much money Dak Prescott's going to make. And I've, I've thought that if Dak Prescott got $40-plus million, it would alter the quarterback market in the NFL because there's so many dudes who are better than him that would be, be that would be up for getting paid way more than him when it was their turn. That said, because they don't really have a quarterback waiting in the wings, I think that franchising him is better than giving him an extended long-term deal. I think then then Dak Prescott can't set the market. He just benefits from the market. He gets paid the average of the top five quarterbacks in the league. That's still overpaying him, in my opinion, but it doesn't set the market. And I think that's the thing that's good for both the Cowboys and the rest of the NFL. Now, here's something that I I won't say I'm confused by it, uh, but I I... I just, I, I just can't quite get all the ins and outs of this, okay? Mm-hmm. I understand that each and every year there is more money available to teams on the, the salary cap. You know, again, like we said, I think this next season the salary cap is $193 million in total. So it's, it's more than it's ever been. And will continue to grow as the game grows and as fans, you know, continue to, to, to buy into the NFL. And that appears to be a trend that's gone in one and only one direction, and that is up. So I understand in that sense why the most recent guy to get paid is also the guy who gets paid the most amount of money. It's 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 just a fact of the recency of it and not necessarily a reflection of, oh, well, we think this is the best guy. It's kind of, quote, unquote, what the market bears. I understand that. And I would be interested to see like a graph that shows guys who got paid and what they got paid as a percentage of the salary cap at the time that they signed. You know what I mean? Because I think that would give us a better sort of idea of team's belief in a guy because it would be, then be pegged not just to a dollar amount but to a uh, in relation to that moment when 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 a player signed when a quarterback signed that said you are also in a position especially at quarterback where if a lot of, you hear this all the time where there's three guys that are free agents and you want to be the first team to sign him because you know that if somebody else signs their guy, you're going to have to pay more to retain the services of the quarterback you got. And that's the part that on one hand, I, I, the, the having to pay more is only a result of this because another team will pay it. And that's the question that I have for the Cowboys. Is Dak Prescott worth $40 million a year or whatever? No, not not within the context of what other guys are getting paid. But also, is it worth paying him whatever you have to to keep him compared to what then you would have, which is nobody, presumably, if he did if he wasn't there? And I think that's the precarious position that the Cowboys are in because there's not just another best option for them. They need Dak Prescott to be the quarterback. I think the franchise tag on him is a good a good decision ultimately for them this season. But I also understand why you do pay a guy because it's it's not about what he's worth. It's about what's next for you. And right now for Dallas it is nothing. But if he if he has no qualms about this, if he if he'll sign it, I think he franchise him until he won't. 
Well, he's got no choice. I mean, you franchise. I mean, if you franchise a guy, well, he's you franchise. You can hold out like Le'Veon Bell did. Okay. I mean, okay. That's fair. He could do that. I'm just saying, if he's going to show up, then I think you do this. If I was the Cowboys, I would do this multiple times until I had somebody waiting in the wings or until I'm you decide. I'm pretty sure you can only franchise a guy twice, twice. in a row. Two Is times. it twice or I thought it was three times? No. Like two times it's, in a row. It's two, it's two times in a row. There is, I mean, there's, there's. Uh, uh, like a transition tag, which is a different deal where you can match an offer. You have the first right of refusal, basically, on a guy uh, who gets an offer. But you, you basically get two. The other thing is, is that in a year from now, you know, what if what if the salary cap goes up to $200 million in 2021, right? Now, all of a sudden, $40 million isn't as much as a matter of percentage as it is this year. You know, and so you've saved money in that respect by delaying that a year. But also, is that the same number? And by the way, I think forty million is already too high. I mean, I don't think that he's going to get that. I don't, I don't know what the last David. Do you know what the last offer was? Did that get leaked? Because I knew that I know that he did have an offer from the Cowboys, a long term deal that ultimately they didn't get done. I think it was somewhere around one hundred and ten million. And for how for how many years? For three years? For I think four. For four years. Yeah, but most of it was guaranteed. And then regarding the franchise tag, you can get franchise tag three times in a row. That's it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So the question here was, which of these is the best, which of these is the worst? I actually think that even though I, I've never been that big of a fan of Dak Prescott, I think the Dak Prescott one is is one of the better ones. It's a good franchise. franchise. Yeah, I agree. On this list. I think so too. As far as the worst franchises, I don't. I, the worst franchise tags – I mean, the number one that jumps to my mind is A.J. Green with the Bengals, only because A.J. Green has only played 16 games in a season one time in the last four years. He's only done it three times in his eight-year career. A.J. Green is so much about what he could be and hardly ever about what he actually has been. He's been when he's healthy. I mean, the last, I guess uh, his third year in the league, when he played 16 full games, he had his best year, 98 catches, 1,426 yards, 11 touchdowns. That's what everybody's hoped he's always been able to get back to. He did have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons after that, but he only played in 13 games the following year, and he played 16. The last time he played 16 in 2015, he, again, was all-pro caliber, 86 catches, 1,297 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah. But since then, he hasn't been able to do it. 10 games, 16 games, but in a down year with a not-great Bengals team, and then the nine games last year. So... I'm not saying they shouldn't keep him around, but I just don't know if he's worth that sort of money right now. But then I guess you do it if you're the Bengals because you want to retain him in hopes that he's healthy because likely you're going to draft Joe Burrow. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if you draft Joe Burrow, you want to have who is clearly your best weapon out there. And I mean, I still think they got a couple of guys who can who can play ball at the wide receiver spot. And yes, I'm still a fan of Joe Mixon. So I would, you know, I think that this is, I think that's an okay franchise. Like, is he being overpaid? No question he's being overpaid. But that's the point of the franchise. I mean, you're going to pay him that money for this season and see where he's at physically and if he's still got the burst and and, and that sort of thing and then where you're at beyond that. And maybe it is only a one-time deal where you already know you're going to part company with him at the end of the season no matter what, but you want to get other guys you know, another year of experience, and obviously your quarterback, who is you know presumably Joe Burrow, if that's what they they go ahead and do in the draft. The other one that really popped out was Bud Dupree. I think that that's a great use of the franchise tag because Bud Dupree was a a good player coming into the league, but sort of a tweener. And 
they wanted him to prove it, and he went four sacks, four and a half sacks, six sacks, five and a half sacks. Okay, pretty good numbers, but no crazy numbers. But then this year, he had a great year. He had 11 and a half sacks. Well, I think it's a great use of the franchise tag because before you extend him and give him a long-term deal, you see if he can do it again. You don't want to pay him as a 10-plus sack guy, which would make him one of the, the highest-paid edge guys in the league. Right. Unless he, you know he can do it again. So I think that's a great use uh, of a franchise tag. And then the other name that was a franchise, the New York Giants, using it on Leonard Williams, that one stuck out to me because Leonard Williams is one of those guys who just – another. It's, he's another one where – what he could be, what you hope he will be, hasn't been what he has been. Right. He's a freak athlete. I mean, he's enormous. He's the number three overall pick out of USC, but he hasn't. The production has not kept pace. Yes. With the hype. Then again, though, what if he turns the corner? What if this is the year where he does grow up? He does mature, and then all of a sudden, it's a good deal. So I, I, that was just another one that st- stuck out from the list David put together. It's two tell Nuanas, one two nine ESPN Radio. Great to be with you. Hour number one in the books. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. The podcast available wherever you get your podcast. To tell Nuwana's podcast out there all the time. Rate it, review it, subscribe to it. We appreciate that. You can check it out thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Quick break. On the other side, Tom Wistersill, the commissioner of the Big Sky Conference, had a conference call today. You will hear a good portion of that. I think it will answer a lot of questions that I think people still have that are lingering from uh, the cancellation of the Big Sky Conference basketball tournaments last week. So you will hear from him right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 